Hello, and welcome to the PixiePearls.com podcast, episode 13, It's Coming. Today's episode is going to be divided into two parts. The first half I'm going to talk about knitting, and the second half I'm going to talk about spinning. In the knitting portion, I'm going to have some knitting website spotlights. I'm going to have a knitting controversy, two pattern spotlights, a yarn spotlight, and I'm going to talk about what I'm currently knitting. In the spinning stuff, I'm going to tell you what the Navajo ply is and how it works and why it's so cool. I'm going to do a website spotlight. I'm going to explain what a distaff is. And I'm going to tell you how to find a great website for how to spin a balanced yarn. I think some of you knitters may actually find the Navajo ply section interesting. It's more about the yarn and how yarn is built and less about the actual spinning of it. Moving right along to our very first knitting topic, which is a website spotlight. This is a website that features some great interviews of some of my fellow podcasters as well as myself. The web address is knittingcrochet.sweet101.com. This website has lots of helpful articles on designing your own patterns and how to make knitting and crochet art. There are just loads of articles. I can see right now at least eight in July alone. So go check it out at knittingcrochet.sweet101.com. And I have one other web spotlight, website spotlight that I'd like to share with you, and it is whipup.net. W-H-I-P-U-P.net. And this is a cool website. It has all kinds of crafts on it, from quilts to knitting to blogs to book art, ceramics, children's crafts, crochet and eco crafts and all kinds of really cool stuff with fabric and fiber and its little subline is handcraft in a hectic world. They have craft alongs and craft competitions and all kinds of fun stuff and I think you guys should check it out. I was really impressed. I had seen some knitting items and some sewn items featured on whipup.net on a couple of knitting blogs and I just think it is worth checking out. It's really cool and it's certainly inspirational if you are a crafter. Now next up is one of what I think could be considered one of our knitting controversies and it is a update on it and basically UnitWhat of UnitWhat.blogspot.com is done. They are toast. They are no more. And the comment that they have on the website right now, which you can go read the full thing, is while we have had a lot of fun with this site, we also have a lot of other commitments on our time and something had to go. When something meant to be fun starts to turn into a chore, it's time to call it quits. So yeah, that's gone. I know there are some people out there who will be very happy it's gone because it kind of bashed a lot of knitting designs and in turn some knitting designers. And then I know there will be a lot of snarky people out there who will be very sad to see it go. And it's probably people like me who like to read Star Magazine when I'm in the grocery store. <laughs> it's completely horrible, could probably be considered unethical or immoral, I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's wrong. It's like, it's like rubbernecking on the highway when somebody gets pulled over. You just have to look. You can't help it and you don't know why you keep going back. So there you go, you knit what is gone. Now for our next knitting controversy, I found this on the Knitters Review Forum. It is a very interesting thread, and it is uh, an email that someone posted to the forum, 
because they thought it was a spoof email because it had a .dat file attached and they thought it might be spam and a hacker or something like that. And the letter was very interesting. It was from Cascade Yarns and it says, Dear Yarn Customer, Attached, please find a letter that we recently sent to KFI's attorney regarding Debbie Bliss Cashmerino. Also enclosed are two test results that we received from the Cashmere and Camel Hair Manufacturers Institute for the following, Debbie Bliss Cashmerino Aaron and Cashmere Luxury Aaron. And I hope I'm saying Aaron right. Aaron, Aaron, I'm a dork. Anyway, this product was found in AC Moore, but does not list a distributor name on the label. So Cascade says then below that they did not um, have, they didn't test this fiber, but the, the other Camel Institute at the top or whatever it said did. And basically it's claiming that the Debbie Bliss yarns that claim to have cashmere actually don't. Then there is a post from another person on the forum saying, I emailed Cascade and received this answer. We have been in a back and forth dialogue with KFI regarding this and felt that we should inform our customers of what we know directly. Now, so they did, there is confirmation that this letter was sent and then there is a whole bunch of pages of controversy going on and on about what this email means and whether or not this person should have even posted this to the forum at all. And the original intent of the posting was to say, hey, I think this is spam. You know, I think this has some kind of bad attachment. Guys, look out for this. I don't really know what this is, but hey. And a bunch of people went on and were freaking out over that the person had posted it. And I don't think they had any kind of malicious intent. And um, it's a public letter that was sent to um, people who, who received the Cascade yarn. I don't know what exactly the distribution list contained of, but it was um, yarn customers, it was shop owners, is my understanding. And then even further down in the email, there are posted emails from KFI saying, please find below KFI's response to Cascade's recent mass emailing it and proliferation of untruths. We do not want it to come to this, but our hand has been forced, so we must respond. If you have any questions, please contact us. And uh, it says, we are writing because we understand that a disgruntled competitor, Cascade, apparently upset because KFI's Ella Ray Classic, a superior four-ply, 100% feltable wool with 220 yards per 100-gram ball, has been taken, taking market shares away from Cascade 220. It's 100% wool. It is continuing to maliciously publish false and deflammatory statements the Debbie Bliss's Cashmerino yarn, which KFI distributes in the United States, does not contain cashmere. I'm really not clear on what that has to do with Cascade 220, but um, then it says, in an effort to avoid embarrassment to Cascade in the industry at large, we sought to resolve the matter quietly and privately, which, you know, we can really tell, by explaining the facts to Cascade and asking for a simple apology. Unfortunately, Cascade ignored our request and instead has further dis disseminated its false allegations. And it goes on and on and on. If you really want to know the skinny, then you got to go to the Knitter's Review and read all this stuff. It's crazy. There's lots of details in the emails. And I will post the full URL to that topic, which is still up at the Knitter's Review. And I will post that at podcast.pixiepearls.com. So you can go and read all about that knitting controversy for yourself because it would take me an hour on this podcast to read all of it. Moving right along to our pattern spotlight. This is the one I mentioned last week that I would talk about today. And I'm going to use my Rowan Natural Silk Erin for this. And it is another sunshine pattern. 
S-A-U-N-S-H-I-N-E dot blogspot.com. She had a new one come out a couple weeks ago and it is called Scatter and I just love it. It is adorable and I cannot wait to knit it up. It is a split neck. It's more a split neck than a v-neck, but I guess it's a little bit of a v-neck shell because it's not a tank. It's more like a sleeveless top and it has little, from the look of it, I guess it's like little pearl bumps in the pattern and at the bottom of the tank, they're very frequent. There's lots of them and as you get up and progress, you get less and less of the scatters until they're spread out widthwise and heightwise. And it's just really cute and it's perfect. It's the perfect, um, you know, stitches per inch for that yarn that I have. It'll work perfectly and I'm really excited to knit it. But before I knit that, I actually have to knit a different v-neck, which is a Mission Falls tank pattern, which I've had for a really long time called Vera and I'll highlight it later on my blog at podcast, um, dot, well, at pixiepearls.com probably later in the week. I'm actually probably going to start it tomorrow night and um, I'm knitting it in Debbie Bliss 100% pure silk or I think it's called pure silk and I have swatched but I really won't be able to report on that yarn until a little later but that is my yarn spotlight of the day though I suppose it's not truly one until I can tell you about it but when I swatched it up it was super soft and I really liked it. And it was very, very hard to put on the Swift and Ball Wonder and not have tangles. I, that was pretty difficult. But it's a gorgeous yarn, and I was thinking about using it for the new Glampire pattern, which is my other pattern spotlight of today. See that segue? Isn't that good? <laughs> and this is the Stitch Diva Glampire pattern that she's doing on the Stitch Diva website which is at stitchdiva.com. It is called a knitted bodice and it is gorgeous and it is going crazy on Craftster and every knitting forum that there is out there. It is a beautiful, beautiful pattern. It is a simple knitted bodice actually and it's knitted in Tilly Thomas, which I think I'm pronouncing incorrectly also because someone said it out loud and they said it really differently than I did, so I thought I must just be really nuts. And I just really stink at pronouncing things, but you're probably getting tired of hearing that by now. But back to the pattern and the yarn. It's knit in the Tilly Thomas um, rock star with the little sequins and the uh, pure and simple silk, I believe it's called. It is beautiful and Everybody wants to knit it and everybody wants to knit it in the Tilly Thomas yarn, which of course is extremely expensive. And I'm going to wait. I bought the pattern. It's had some errors, but I'm going to wait until a couple people knit it up and see how it looks on. That's what I'm really the most interested to see. But man, this pattern is beautiful. And I believe if you have the newest interweave, um, knitting magazine there is a side ad for the stitch diva pattern over in the right hand side of a right hand page so it's it's in a burgundy color i believe and it's a v-neck uh, and if you skim through the magazine you might be able to find it and of course i will have all of these links up at podcast.pixiepearls.com and if you are interested in seeing what i did on my very exciting weekend you can go to pixiepearls.com and i have loads of pictures of roving and spindles and 
all kinds of craziness that was going on as I went to Plying in the Arts, which I believe was uh, hosted by the Peachtree Hand Spinners Guild, or it was organized by them, and it was in Athens, Georgia, and I got to meet Anne-Marie Nitz and Karaoke, lots of uh, well-known bloggers out there in Georgia, and that was a lot of fun. I had a really great weekend, and I got to bring my Hempathy tank top, my wave stitch tank top, so that Claudia could see it, and I love it. It turned out great. It photographed really good, which is always nice. And the straps were perfect. It looked great with the strapless bra. And the drape of it was really nice. It hung nicely on my body. It didn't cling. And it was very cool. I guess the Hempathy breathes really well. And it, it does have some cotton in it. The Hempathy, which I believe I did a spotlight on one or two podcasts ago. That knit goes in the winner's pile. I really like that tank top. And considering it ha is a strappy tank and doesn't cover up bra straps, that's something unique there for me because those don't usually wind up in the winner's pile. But I have a couple more tank tops planned and I have a baby sweater that I need to knit for my friend who is pregnant. And that's all that I have on my plate right now is those two tank tops and that. I have been contemplating a feather and fan shawl. But I got the alpaca cloud from Knit Picks and I did not like it. It was way too skinny. So I don't think I really want lace weight. I think I want sport weight, but something that's kind of light so it won't uh, be too heavy. So maybe we'll, maybe we'll. I have some Yorkshire four ply that might work well for that. I didn't think I wanted something that thick, but then I didn't want the lace weight. So I guess that really isn't going to work for me. Can you tell that I'm <laughs> I'm not really sure what I want? I just know I want a feather and fan shawl because I enjoyed that wave stitch in the tank top so much and it was so easy and fun. And it went faster than plain stock event because it's like the stripe sequence. I knew that I had to do six stripes. So I'd sit down and I'd do six rows in one sitting where with normal stuff with stock event, you kind of don't count the rows you're doing. You don't know how far you really got and it feels a lot slower than it is. Well, as my voice gets weaker and weaker, because I suspect I am getting a sore throat and I might be sick later this week, I'm going to go ahead and segue right on into the spinning section of this podcast. And the first thing we are going to talk about is the Navajo ply, which I am excited about because I have wanted to learn how to Navajo ply for God knows how long, but it finally all came together at a Stitch and Bitch meeting when Jen of Blog showed me how to do it with just her hands. There was no wheel, no spindle. It was just the yarns and her hands. And I think all the past stuff I had read and seen came into play and really helped, but this was just the moment when it clicked in my brain. Now, how the Navajo ply works and why I like it, and I believe the spinoff magazine calls it plying chained singles, is because you can make a three-ply yarn out of one strand, one single. You don't even need to use both ends of the ball. You just need one end. And the reason why this is so awesome is because, think about it, you're not plying two ends together or two different yarns together. So let's say you wanted to create a sock yarn that was stripy or slowly faded from green to blue. Well, if you were plying two colors together, you would have to create two singles that were identical which I imagine is a little difficult, um, especially if you're just a for fun kind of spinner and you don't want to get all anal about 
oh, I just spun eight inches of purple. Now I'm going to spin eight inches of green. I imagine that would be kind of time consuming. So what you're doing is you're applying it in on itself by creating these crazy little loops. So it's three ply, right? So if you have a section of your yarn, your single, that is eight inches long and you are Navajo plying, that stripe of color is only going to be one third of what it was. So it would be, oh crap, that involves math. You guys can go ahead and do the math for me. So basically you would need to make sure you would spin a length of color three times what you would want it to be. Or just keep in mind that it's going to be shorter than what you think it's going to be. This is basically useful if you want to create a nice stripy yarn that fades from one color to the other. Where if you had two different plies that you plied together and you weren't having a lot, you didn't have a lot of time to make it all perfect, you would wind up with blue and green, you know, plied together. This would not happen ever with the Navajo ply. I guess you'd have to be pretty clean about when the color changes happen, depending on the size of your loops, but I'm getting ahead of myself. So with the Navajo ply, they like to compare it to making crochet chain loops with the crochet hook when you make the, the chain. And you're basically making a loop with the yarn and using your hand to pull a new loop up through that hole. And now that loop that you just pulled through is now the main hole now. And it takes some extra fiddly stuff with your hands and you have to watch some videos, see some illustrations, have somebody show you, and you can do it. It's so not that hard. What's hard is the, the getting up to it. Once you can do it, it's awesome. And you use your hands to make sure that your loops are the size that you want them and that the little loopy places where it, it almost creates like little knots. So if you were creating a very bulky yarn, you probably wouldn't want to know a whole ply because it would create kind of bigger knots and you would see them where if it's thin yarn, they just disappear. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the basic gist of the Navajo ply. And now for a spinning website spotlight, Spindlicity, S-P-I-N-D-L-I-C-I-T-Y dot com. And it is an online magazine for hand spinners. It has patterns that are made from hand spun, really cool articles. It has reviews of books and some interesting roving reports and a kid spin section and then a hand spun gallery and then some online resources and a spindler's market. Obviously, its focus is on spindles. It's got a, got a lot of focus on that, but it talks about wheels as well. But it's basically for hand spinners in general. But I do think it has a little, little bit of a focus on the spindles. But they are beautiful spindles that they usually review. They're just gorgeous. And if you're looking for some information and you are spindle happy like I am right now, it is a great place to go. Okay, and now we're going to talk about distaffs. What is a distaff? You're asking me. Well, I asked the same question many times. I had a general idea of what they were, but I'd never had any real information. Like I didn't do any research like I finally did. And I have a really great URL that's kind of long that I'll put at podcast.pixiepearls.com. And it has a wonderful information section on distaffs. Here is what it says for the intro about what a distaff is. The distaff is a very old tool used in spinning. It is the means to keep the fibers in order without causing the fibers to become disarrayed, matted, cotton, cotted, or felted. 
a distaff should be able to hold enough prepared fiber to fill a spindle. Yes, that's right, to fill a whole spindle, which I've never had enough fiber in my hand to fill a whole spindle or a bobbin. It can be a simple stick, a piece of rope tied to a wrist, a belt, a basket, anything that will keep the fiber in readiness for spinning. And I have been doing research and seeing these pictures of these spindles that are basically a walking stick or a stick that has a fork in the top and it's just been cut to use. And a lot of people who are history buffs and get in the reenactment, they'll go in the woods and they'll find a stick like that and use that as a distaff. This is something really interesting to think about if you're going to buy a spinning wheel because a lot of the new wheels don't come with them or they come with them as an option which you might not even be aware of and you can buy it as an attachment. I've never heard of any d Lendrum distaffs but I, I think the Ashfords have some. A lot of the older models do. And I think it's really cool. I'd like to learn how to use one or I guess you don't have to learn how but I'd like to use one because I think it'd be a great way to keep my dogs from sticking their nose in my roving and getting it all wet which is really gross. I don't like spinning with it once it's gotten wet. So wow, we're being very educational today. Now you know all about Navajo plying and what a distaff is. Ooh, and we get to learn more now how to spin a balanced yarn and how to ply a balanced yarn. Well, basically, you know, y'all can probably tell when I'm reading something because I don't think I read off very well. I tend to make more mistakes when I'm reading than if I'm just speaking. And I don't, I have an outline for my podcast, but I don't read because if I read, I feel too chained down and then I can't really relax and kind of just take it wherever I want to go. So I'm going to read again from a little bit of this website. And if you like what they're saying, you can go check it out yourself. And it is hjsstudio.com. And to get to the part about balance, you type in forward slash b-a-l-a-n-c-e dot html. So here's what they first talk about, which was just wild to my mind. Lots of talk about energy. Spinning is the act of transferring energy to fiber in the form of twist. If the twist is balanced in some way, the yarn won't kink back on itself, slant stitches and knitting, cause tracking in handwoven cloth, etc. It's easy to work with, feels as soft as possible for the fiber type, and doesn't distort the finished piece. And then there's this whole thing about when you apply something, if you applied something that is very fresh and you just spun it and it was just a little bit of an amount on a spindle and then you apply it and it hangs and it doesn't twist on itself, my understanding is that that's the best way to tell if it's balanced because it was all fresh and you have the fresh energy in the singles. And if the fresh energy in the singles balances out, counteract each other, the the single, the, the ply will lay and won't try to kink in on itself after you've plied it. But if you had yarn on a bobbin and you had it sitting on a bobbin for four or five days or even a couple hours and then you ply it and it kinks in on itself, that doesn't mean it's not balanced. That just means all the energy's in the yarn and you need to soak it. Don't block it, which means don't hang a weight on it. Just lay it on a towel, let it dry, and when you lift it up, if it kinks back in on itself, then it's not balanced. Now that was my description of what they were saying on this website and I hope I said it accurately because I've had several conversations with several people and um, yeah it's the active in the stale twist as they talk about it. It says some fibers particularly wool have the capacity re 
to relax into the inserted twist. If allowed to sit under tension on a bobbin, skein winder, or other device, the twist will become stale. Try this experiment. Spin a bobbin of yarn and leave it on the bobbin. Spin the same kind of yarn with the same fiber on another bobbin and skein it immediately. Now skein the first bobbin's yarn. You'll see that the twist in the first skein in the second bobbin is very fresh. The yarn kinks all over. The first bobbin's second skein is relaxed. Depending on how long it sat and how much twist it has, it might also kink a bit, but it will be noticeably straighter. And then it has actual examples of kinked yarn and balanced yarn and unbalanced yarn and skewed knitting from the unbalanced yarn and all kinds of cool stuff that I'm sure you spinners will find absolutely riveting. <laughs> so go check it out at hjsstudio.com. I think it is very funny that I'm turning into a total fiber yarn geek about spinning when I said I never would, but here I am getting a little obsessed and yes, doing all this fun research, but it's really cool. It, it's neat because I'm learning more about my knitting because of it. I understand yarns, and when I go to buy yarn, and um, I was noticing my hempathy actually twisted back on itself a lot more than any of the other yarns I had. And I don't know what that necessarily means if it was balanced or imbalanced, but it's just cool to notice these things that I, I don't think I would have ever noticed before if I hadn't been doing this research. So that's all I have today from my outline. But I feel like I should explain to you guys why I titled this, It's Coming. I have two reasons. One, because I'm feeling that tick in the back of my throat. It's kind of sore and I'm thinking I'm about to get really sick. And I think that it was from going to Athens this weekend and the Plying the Arts Festival was extremely cold. And then it was 100 degrees out. And then the sushi restaurant was extremely cold. And then I went outside and it was 100 degrees out. And that usually will get me sick, so I'm thinking a cold is coming soon to get me. The other thing that is coming is a wonderful cool surprise for you guys that I have in the works. I tried to think of something that would be unique to my podcast. I didn't want to copy any of the other ones and any of the type of things that they do. But it involves interviews. But it is interviews related to the online knitting community. So it's not going to be interviews of big book authors and big yarn distributors. I will leave that to KnitCast because KnitCast does it very well. But I am very excited. I've already had two people agree to being interviewed and now I just have to work out all the technicalities and then I will have some awesome interviews for you. They will be over the phone so I just have to figure out how to record them. Also, I want to remind all you spinners to please go to talk.pixiepearls.com my spinning forum has taken off. I've got 25 members, I think. And boy, there is a lot of talking going on. There's already been over 200 posts to the forum. There are some really fun, cool people on there. And we've just been having a great time tempting one another with spindles and roving and showing off our hand spun and talking about how we like to ply and what kind of fiber we like. And it's just been really great. I'm really excited and I want it to get bigger and bigger. So that's all for me tonight, and I will try to do another podcast soon. I have been incredibly busy, just way too busy, and I had a few problems with my animals, some stuff I had to clean up, some presents they left for me today and yesterday. My cat and my dog have been really happy to be leaving me presents, and I think it's because we've been crating them during the day, which isn't something we normally do, and I think uh, the golden retriever and the cat are very angry about it. 
And then when I got home today, I was in the bathtub and I got out and I believe my Shetland Sheepdog left me a present, but I really couldn't tell which end it came out of. <laughs> That's really kind of gross, isn't it? But yeah, I'm just, I have so much cleaning to do and so much stuff to do, but I'm going to try to do my podcast. I should not be complaining like this, but well, if I can't pl- complain to you guys, who can I complain to? So thank you so much for all the wonderful feedback I get from you guys about my podcast. It means so much to me. It's what keeps me podcasting all the time is for you guys, the listeners. If you like listening to me, then I keep podcasting. And thank you for listening and I'll catch you guys next time.